And at the end of the day, you can always be reaching for more, but not being so fixated on how you're going to get there. I have always said, I will never own my own business. Well, here we are celebrating two years. <laughs> Ashley Monk preaches that you should always keep an open mind, um, especially if you've ever said, I never want a team because she shows how you can grow your business far beyond your wildest dreams by adding a team. We also went into the uncomfortable conversation of figuring out maternity leave as a female entrepreneur. So this episode is filled with great takeaways that you can start to implement into your business today. You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Before we jump in, have you been struggling with getting your social media created for the month? Or are you just not even to that point yet and are still posting on the fly? I totally get it because I was there too. But I started practicing what I preach and I'm now planning out my content one month in advance. I cannot believe I waited this long to do this because I've now gotten my system down to only taking me 30 minutes to plan one full month of highly converting social media posts. Yep, and you can too. Visit socialwithally.com to download my plan for you. That's socialwithally.com. Ashley, I am so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me. Allie, thank you for having me. I have been looking forward to this chat as well. So first, kick us off and tell us about yourself. Oh my goodness, I'll keep it short and sweet, but hey, I'm Ashley. I am a wife, a mom to be very, very soon at the time that we're recording this episode and the CEO of an online advertising agency. And I also coach other online service providers on how to scale using an agency model like we did. And of course, when I'm not online and plugging away at my computer, I usually like to be traveling or running around with my two crazy, amazing dogs. <laughs> That's a little about me. Okay, so... Talk to us about how you got into this work. What was your work history like and what led you to get into the online entrepreneur space? Yes, that's a great question. I'll give you the high level, kind of the shortened abridged version. Long story short, I actually started my career in vocational ministry, working in mega church world. So that was my background. My degree was actually in biblical studies. And when I got married, I moved back to Indianapolis, decided to take a break because um, I was working for the church that I worked at at the time, I think it was about 50,000 members. So at that point, when you're operating that size, it's kind of more of like a nonprofit structure than it is, I think, when people associate with church, like a smaller church model. And so mm -hmm. I actually took a lot of that experience and went into a sales position for a property management company. And so within that role, what I was really responsible for was generating leads in order to sell and close because I got paid on commission. And so with that was when I fell into the world of online advertising and lead generation to try to fill up my pipeline and my quota. Since we were doing a lot of 
flyers and like billboard advertising, things like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, how can we better get people in here? There's got to be a more efficient way. And so that was kind of my entry level to online advertising. And so I kind of joke that I accidentally started my marketing agency because it was really just to get leads for the company. I transitioned into more of a marketing role in addition to my role as well and was working with a few agencies and realized, oh, I actually really enjoy this. So started subcontracting um, at the same time as having my full-time job. But because I worked in commercial property management, I worked with a lot of different business owners and they started asking me questions about, well, how are you marketing online or how are you getting leads? And I was giving a lot of free advice and people started saying, you should start charging for this. And I said, yeah, (laughs) I probably should. So long story short, I ended up using a lot of those skills to try to start another business based more on my degree, realized that I really, all roads were leading to marketing. And so started my side hustle. It blew up very, very quickly. And fast forward a few months later, I had matched my salary and was right stepping right into full-time entrepreneurship. So that's the short version. And I think that's amazing because you truly have the experience of being able to market yourself so that when you then were taking on clients and actually charging for that advice that you were giving out, you could say like, well, I know this worked for me and you know, I have real life experience. You're not just taking a course and kind of trying to apply those uh, lessons and those tactics that you learn. Like you have a real life experience in this. Yeah. It was kind of trial and error. And it was a really nice bridge because I felt like I knew coming into this space, I knew a lot of the how and the execution, but I didn't know a lot of the bigger picture. Why I figured it out kind of as I went, but it was so nice to have a lot of that kind of like that safety net and that cushion as I transitioned working with, um, again, the company and some of those other agencies and then subcontracting on the side too. I mean, it was definitely exhausting. I would work nine to five and then I would be building my side hustle, but also subcontracting in the mornings and nights, but so much valuable experience came from that time that really set me up to have the foundation to build the company as to what it is today. And what that foundation really allowed you to do was to grow your business to have a team. And you are a big proponent of having a team. So talk to us about why this is a must. Oh my goodness. Okay, Allie, there are so many, I have so many thoughts, so I'll try to consolidate them. Um, But the biggest recommendation that I have is that Oh, everyone wants to work with a specialist and people that are good at one thing, but with a team, you can really be able to scale that specialty and to be able to deliver it better and better. When I started my agency, I wanted to be full service and that was a huge mistake, but I see it. It's so common. I see it with all sorts of entrepreneurs where they want to offer more, 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 but we all know that less is more. And when you can really streamline, it's not to say that you can't add more services or do more things, but it's a lot easier to scale one offer or one service at a time than it is to have your hand in a million different things. And I think as entrepreneurs, we all have that temptation. I know that I certainly do too. However, the thing to remember is that when you are scaling at the end of the day, I firmly believe in what I teach inside all of my programs is that if you are trying to do everything yourself, 
you are leaving money on the table. And what I mean by that is, is I see entrepreneurs really ride what I kind of call the revenue roller coaster. And it goes something like this. Usually as they're starting to scale, they are doing one of two things well and the other lacks. They're either prospecting and marketing a ton and their fulfillment on the service end suffers or they're so focused on the fulfillment of the services inside of their business, they stop prospecting and they don't have the leads coming through so that maybe they hit their first five-figure month or they're starting to scale, but their pipeline diminishes because they're experiencing the normal churn. And so building a team sustainably to be able to scale can help prevent those exact things. So that is why I recommend when you're at about 80% of your capacity, it is time to bring on a team member so you can really step into your zone of genius. And that's the other thing too. I think so much of entrepreneurial burnout comes from the fact of working in areas that are in your zone of competence or in your zone of excellence, but not truly the zone of genius, the things that you love and light you up. And so when you delegate and you bring people in to supplement those things, not only can they deliver them and fulfill them better than you ever could, but you also can go back to the things that you love. So those are just a few of the reasons why I think it is so important to build a strong and steady team. And speaking of team, one of the team members you have is your husband. And yeah. very curious to talk about this because having a two entrepreneur household myself, yeah. Uh, curious what that work life integration looks like for you all and any tips that you've kind of discovered through this process of working alongside your husband. Yeah, it has been, it has been so fun. There've definitely been bumps and roadblocks along the way. Um, but ultimately it balances really well. So I, um, it's been, and you, uh, a lot of the women listening can probably, or anyone who identifies as a woman listening can really relate to this because, um, especially coming in the business, I feel it was just so interesting when he merged in, um, he started working with me. I think it was September of 2020 was when he started to integrate more into the business after I had the company for several years. And during that time, it was just interesting to see the perception shift because so many people would oftentimes, like, for example, be like, oh, is he going to come on the meetings? And the way that we structure the company is that I am the CEO and my husband works in the company as a media buyer. So he does report like in theory on our org chart directly to me. But the perception is always that, oh, you're kind of joined at the hip, you're combined and you're the dynamic duo type of a thing, but it's not how we structured our company. Mm. Um, but for both of our personal personalities and for our mindset, um, it's worked really, really well. Um, we use disc profile for everything in our team development, <laughs> but all yes. that to say, I think the hardest thing, um, to juggle was just dealing with that perception and kind of recognizing that, wow, okay, this is going to be an uphill battle of kind of dealing with a lot of the perceptive opinions that people have with, with that dynamic to when we love working together, but our strengths are different. I'm very much visionary focused and focused on the growth of the company. Whereas my husband thrives in the details and some of the day-to-day -day operational tasks. Um, so all that to say there was, that was probably one of the first factors that was hard to just wrap my head around. Um, the other juggle, you know, it's funny. I think people say, I think with those defined roles, we don't really have that power clash that I see in some other entrepreneurs that are maybe really operating more of in that like teammate, like they do everything together mindset because we set up the organization that way. Whereas um, we're kind of, he's working in the business and I'm working on the business, so to speak. We don't have a lot of those like typical <laughs> debates, things like that. 
we do get annoyed with each other here and there, but I think it's prevented a lot of like, because there's one visionary and then there's one executor, there's not clashing opinions in that realm. Now, what is a challenge and what's really hard is to turn off. And that's been the area to where we've never really had fights about the business just because we went in with those ground rules from day one, because it was just always that I kind of ran the company in Dallas integrated and came in. But the hard part is turning off at night or not even turning off, but being able to disconnect from the things that are happening in the business and more of the challenges there. So that is the hardest part is both of us shutting down based on the nature of what we do. Yeah, I can totally see that. And um, I, I'm just really proud of you all for 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 making it work and really setting it up so that you can be successful in it. Because I think you're right. I think there are some perceptions out there that, you know, that it, maybe it won't succeed or maybe that it's uh, that it's a different type of relationship than what your other employees have. But, you know, I think that's that's a big testament to the fact that it can work as long as it's set up correctly. And you're you really are a big proponent of of developing your team and really setting up what those procedures are um, so that there is clear cut guidelines for your employees. So um, talk to us about what that looks like as far as, you know, once you've built your team, once you've got it in place, how do you grow them and how do you really ensure that everyone's set up for success? Oh, this is such a good question. And I will say that it's always a work in progress. That's for sure. I'm still figuring it out. I've got a lot to learn. Um, but the key things that I see, especially in the online space, um, is just like the disconnect between contractors and employees. So that's kind of one of the problems before I talk about development that I like to address because um, contractors are amazing, but I always see contract um, contractual people as more of a band-aid to a longer term solution. And so mm. I love that people in the online space want to develop their contractors, but at the end of the day, um, it turns into kind of a legal jitsu kind of a thing because at the end of the day, you really can't dictate how their work is performed. And so for me, um, and the way that I've structured our agency is that we've always used contractors, so to speak, as a band-aid to um, temporarily solve a problem that's ongoing until we hire the right person. And so as I've built my team, um, the number one thing that I will typically look for in a contractor is that expertise to fill the band, to basically be that band-aid. Um, but when we bring on employees, I, that's an investment in the business that is really, um, once somebody becomes an employee in our organization, that's when I really want to give and pour into them and develop them for the long haul. And so when we hire, I look a lot more for soft skills and people that have certain attributes and traits that we can actually train them with our own systems than I do for um, hard skills like marketing or advertising, things like that. The reason being, we know in the online space how quickly things change. Um, and I firmly believe at the end of the day, the only thing that separates one company from another is the systems and the delivery fulfillment at the service. And so those are all things that I believe can be taught, but it does take the natural talent and the natural personality of someone to be able to do those things well. So when they come, whenever someone comes into our organization, um, my husband jokes, I'm like, well, I guess this is a good thing. He's like, you're that boss that has an SOP for everything. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> we do, because I just believe it's so important um, to have that consistency. And they're always going to continue to change and evolve as we scale for sure. Um, but that's one way that um, just as people come in, that there's clarity. And when people come into roles, I try to have those established or at least a loose version of that when they come into a certain role, um, but they're always adapting, they're always changing. Um, 
And as far as development goes, um, yeah, this is a great question. I One thing that's really important to me is just ongoing training. So I love for our team to be able to invest in trainings, to invest in programs. And we will typically try to do like 30 minutes to an hour of education for everybody on our team each week. We pay for that time because we want them to constantly be learning, growing, and evolving their role. Very cool. And something also operational that I wanted to talk about with you, and I realized as I'm asking this, it's it's very much a an issue that typically only females have to um, work through, and that's when this air episode will air. As you mentioned, you will have already had your baby. Yeah. But I'm curious, as a business owner, um, how has that process been like to prepare for a maternity leave? Um, and I really... For me, I've personally filled in for other female business owners as they've attempted to to take a maternity leave. And I know that's a concern of mine um, down the road to really think about what that would look like. Um, so talk to us about kind of how you've approached this and uh, your mentality going into it. Oh my goodness. It's such a great question, Allie. And it's been really hard <laughs> to be fully transparent, but not for reasons that you might think. Um, the planning and the execution of maternity leave has been relatively easy, but the perception and the gender stereotypes that even the most well-meaning people may have um, against us as women taking that role has probably been the most challenging part. So um, in my profile, but I'm always very open with people that I'm pregnant <laughs> and that we are expecting. Um, but I cannot tell you as we've gotten closer, how many times I've been on a discovery call or a consultation with someone where the first question that I get asked is, well, what's going to change about your business when um, the baby comes? Like, are you mm. still going to be working? And I always just pause for a second and I, I understand it's, it's a fair question, um, whether it's right or wrong. Um, that's how we've been conditioned as society to kind of think. Um, but I can't help, but know that if my husband was the one taking the call, um, that, that would never come up. And it's just always mind boggling to me that, yeah, people, but I, I get it based on traditional, um, gender roles and stereotypes. I can understand why somebody would want to ask that question and the valid fears that as a business owner, that they would have with, okay, if, if I invest in this company, like, are they going to be able to fulfill? And so whenever I answer that question, I always smile and the answer is nothing. Um, because again, we've built a team and we've built an agency and the business doesn't revolve around Ashley. The business revolves around the systems and the ability to fulfill those. Now I'm not, um, naive enough to know that it's going to not look different, right? There are going to be some ebbs and flows, um, ebbs and flows. You can see my placenta brain is clearly kicking in as I try <laughs> to even articulate this process right now. But, um, that being said, uh, you know, it, it bothered me for a while and I had to really kind of wrestle with that and let that go. Um, but from the planning process, I, received a lot of unsolicited advice and that's okay. And so the thing that I have remembered, um, and what my mentor and business coach, um, reminded me is who like really being intentional with who I'm taking advice from, because there have been a lot of service providers that well-meaning have wanted to give me advice, but at the end of the day, the only advice that I will filter through and actually listen to is the people that are a few steps ahead of where I want to be that have children with organizations that I want to embody. And mm -hmm. those are the people that I listen to everyone else. I just kind of smile. It goes in one ear, it goes out the other. I put it to bed and I ignore it. Um, 
And so how that's affected my maternity leave. And um, I know that this is different from each and every person. And so my perspective and just talking with uh, coaches and mentors and as, as we've stepped into this journey, for my personality, um, and I think the stage of the business is in, it's so hard to plan long-term. Um, and I, at the end of the day, what I love about the way that we've built and kind of established our company is in the moment, we'll really get to decide. So we have everything set up to be able to run without me so that I don't have to be in the day-to-day -day of the business um, because of our team, which is just amazing um, and makes me so happy and makes me even feel more confident and affirmed in what I do teach and using an agency model. I think people hear the word agency model and they think it has to be this huge, giant organization. Um, and our team is tiny, but mighty. Um, <laughs> so the ability to be able to fulfill those things though, is just incredible to me. But all that to say, the way that we've set this up is I love that I can step in and out kind of at any given time. And so my quote unquote game plan is to take everything kind of one day at a time. And so that has given me the least amount of anxiety. I know some people go into this and they want to map out everything. And for my kind of personality profile type, I'm excited that we've set up everything for the next two weeks to just completely clear my calendar, make sure that I can kind of have that a little bit of time if it's needed. Knowing me, everyone jokes that I'm the person that's going to take my laptop to the hospital, not out of necessity, but because I love what I do. But all of that to say, um, I love not having to plan those things and just know that it's going to be really, I have options and it doesn't all have to be planned out. And that's the beauty of having an online business to where, um, I can work at any time and I can kind of pick up and I'm not tied to traditional hours. So, um, all of that is the long winded way of saying the plan that I, I feel like having a plan in this case would for me personally would have made me feel a little bit more set up for failure because of course this is my first child and I have no idea what to expect. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't say that that was scary, um, overwhelming to say the least, but I love not having that. We have a loose structure that's fluid in place that allows me the freedom and gets rid of that anxiety that would come from establishing this long thought out plan and it not working out. Well, thank you for sharing that, Ashley, because I think it, it, I know it is a sensitive topic, but I do think it is important that we are talking about it because there are so many women out there that are trying to grow a business and, that's the one thing holding them back. And right. I can confidently say that because I, I've, I've talked to, to many women who they say, I have this dream, I have this goal, but I, I know I want to have a family first. And sure. I think there, there needs to be this conversation because you don't have to choose one or the other. And yeah. I think it's a big testament to the fact that your team is so prepared to be able to carry on and make a seamless, um, you know, a transition for you um, to be able to serve your clients and carry on as if it is day-to-day -day activity. Um, but I'm really thankful that you shared that because um, it is sensitive and I, I'm, I'm very aware of that. And so I'm really glad that you uh, felt comfortable enough to, to kind of talk about those things because um, it, it is hard and it's, it's just not something that we, uh, I guess, want to talk about much because we want to just kind of carry on and say, well, we can do this. Um, we're just going to have to make some sacrifices, but um, really, really glad to hear you say, you know, no, this is what it is. And um, we're going to, we're going to make it work. 
Thank you, Allie. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's a topic that I just wish that we would continue to talk more about. And I hope that people begin to be, get open up about this topic and feel comfortable sharing these things. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of an off the wall question, but I, I think it, you're going to have some really good insight. When you look at other entrepreneurs in this online space, what is the biggest mistake that you see them making with their business? Oof, I have to pick one (laughs) (laughs) or a couple. I just feel like it would be good to call out some things. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. I would say the, I have to pick one thing and I was writing and really reflecting on this. Um, it would be planning out, focusing too much on the how instead of the destination. And so kind of what I mean by that is when you think about when you're driving and you're taking a long road trip. So I'm from Indianapolis. And if I'm thinking of driving down to Florida, every time that I go on the road trip, I'm a planner. I like to know, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go this route. There's a Chick-fil-A, there's a Starbucks. Like I got to know where (laughs) things are, right? I've got to pack the cooler. Um, so that I've got snacks. I'm looking at, okay. I usually have to stop a few times because I drink a ton of water. So I cannot make it more than an hour or two in the car without stopping. So I'm looking at those things as I plan my destination, but we all know when we go on a road trip, right? There's going to be closures. There's going to be traffic. If you're leaving around spring break, I remember one time we drove to Florida and we sat in two hours of traffic and it was miserable. Um, but that never changed the destination to where we were going. And so what I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is that they stop focusing on the destination and they're fixated. They're absolutely fixated too much on the route of how to get there. And they begin to close their mind and even tune out the destination, which again, the destination can change, right? You can take multiple vacations. Like once you get to one, like it doesn't mean that you're never going to go on vacation again, right? You might find another one, but all that to say, I see entrepreneurs focus so much. Like, let's say the destination is hitting six or seven figures. Entrepreneurs get so fixated on the how that they forget and they lose sight of that goal. And they're so focused on the day-to-day of their business. They're working in it and not on it. As a result, I think they can get so accustomed to what they're doing that they, and hearing the same things or having these perceptions of what their business should look like instead of where they're going and letting some of the details work themselves out because the roadmap um, and the route may change along the way. And so examples of that being um, of the roadblocks that I see a lot of online entrepreneurs take is maybe tuning out the idea that they don't want a team because they've never Mm -hmm. considered it. And it's, um, they just don't feel like it's alignment with their business or maybe saying that they have to offer all these services. They get fixated on the how and so focused on details that may or may not come to fruition that they get in their own way of getting to the ultimate destination. And so if there's any piece of advice that I could give to somebody listening, it's being open and holding your business with open palms and knowing where you want to go and knowing too that, hey, you could get to Florida, you could get to Destin and say, hey, you know what? I want to go to West Palm Beach (laughs) and that's okay, (laughs) right? Um, At the end of the day, you can always be reaching for more, but not being so fixated on how you're going to get there, but just knowing in the back of the mind where you're going and that no matter what, whether it's sooner or later, you're going to get there but knowing that there's going to be things along the way that change and being open to flexible to new ideas and new possibilities because the world and the infrastructure we live in to get there is always going to change. 
Ashley, you bring up something that just really made me chuckle to myself because for the longest time, having different roles, actually working in other agencies in public relations, um, people would talk about, maybe one day I'll have an agency. And I specifically would say every time, I never want to own my own business. No, that is way too much. That That is just, that's a whole nother level. I just want to work for somebody, do my job, go home at the end of the day. Well, here I am. So uh, it's funny because people will remind me of that. They'll say, remember when you said you never wanted to own your own business? It's like, yeah, I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, just different uh, misconceptions that we've put in our heads as far as, oh, that'll never happen or I'll never, I'm going to do that. And I, I do think that's a good point as far as just keeping an open up mind and really kind of seeing where things lead. But you're right. It's really hard to plan long-term. I mean, I, I specifically remember graduating college and them talking about like, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And that there's just no way of even like thinking about that kind of thing whenever you're in the online space because it changes from week to week, if anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine my five year plan from <laughs> would be completely different than where right. it is. Oh my gosh, yes. We don't know what we don't know. Like it wasn't even an option uh, to even think about what that right. would be. So. And I'm glad that I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> honest, yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, the bar now is so much higher and I've learned so much and I've grown so much and I've seen so much more opportunity. And I'm very thankful that I'm not where I wanted to be in my five-year plan. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. So thinking more personally, um, as a entrepreneur who um, really does want to kind of have that balance of work life. I want, I'm curious, how do you like to be selfish? Oh, I love this question. Um, honestly, because Allie, it's something that I struggle with. <laughs> I really we all do. do. Um, I love, you know, I've had seasons sure of unhealth and work where I've been work, 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 but I'm at this point where I just, I love what I do. I love working. Um, and so sometimes it's hard to turn off, not because of necessity, but just because I love where we're going. But that being said, a way that I really love to invest in self-care lately has been chiropractic massages and Mm. face masks. So every week now I go, (laughs) we're doing our target run. We live two minutes. Like, I feel like I take the same triangle every single day (laughs) because our house is really close to the target and it's really close to my office. And it's like, I go those same three places, but every time we go to target now, I feel like I come home with a different face mask and I try to do one every night. So (laughs) that's like my little way of trying to unwind and really, really disconnect. And of course, um, oh my goodness, those chiropractic massages. Now that I'm a week away from having a baby, I'll tell you what, um, they are amazing. That's for sure. (laughs) Do they integrate chiropractic practices with a massage or is, so is it like, how is it different from a traditional massage you would get at a spa? Oh, I think it's so much better (laughs) because yes, you're exactly right. There's a lot more deeper pressure. Like I feel like the spa experience is so relaxing, but I am like, this gets in there and gets something done. Yeah, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like I used to be a CrossFitter and orange theory. I feel like I jumped on all the workout fads for a while. Now, of course I do nothing except I try to waddle to and from the bathroom. That's my exercise right now (laughs) until this baby comes. But all that to say, I feel like during a chiropractic massage, like there's just a lot more applied 
outside pressure and like manipulation and adjustments that I feel so mm. much better in the lasting change. Whereas, you know, you go to like a spa massage and it's relaxing, but like the next day I feel like I'm still sore <laughs> or yes. like not still sore. It like goes back to normal. So right. I love them. I feel so much better after. Okay. That's like the, I've never heard that before. And I really like that because I'm kind of that person. Whenever I go to a massage, I'm like, no, I want you to like do work. Like I want to walk out of there and feel like that was money well spent. Like, I don't want just like, you know, relax me. Like I can do a meditation myself, but yeah. So I think that would be something I would really like. You need to do it. That's for sure. I was laughing the last like spa massage I did. I did a prenatal massage and the chiropractic massage too. They don't hold back just because you're pregnant. They've got the pillows. Like, don't get me wrong. They're setting you up and making sure you're safe. But I did um, a spa massage uh, early on in pregnancy, a prenatal one. And they had me lay on my side and I felt like they took like, a little finger and just like took their finger and like light oh. pressed in circles the whole time. And I was like, I, for this. <laughs> oh my God, it's definitely a different experience. That's for sure. Okay. I love that. Um, now, Ashley, is there anything you wish you could be doing more? Ooh, like selfishly anything. Mm. This is a good question. I, so my goal for, of course, we'll see what's happening with the world, right? It's like always like, kind of like what's going to happen. I, I want to be traveling more. And that Mm -hmm. is something that I'm really, really excited to do. Um, I am a firm believer. I have thrown the word work-life balance completely out of my vocabulary because I don't believe that it exists. I wish it does. I think it did 50 years ago, but in the, in the information age and the way that technology works, I feel like work-life integration is the term that I've used to embrace. And so something that I really want to instill within my daughter too, when she gets here is just the ability to do both and to not have to choose. And so that is something when she is here, a lot of people, and I get it, I I don't want to be naive and say that life is not going to change when baby comes. I feel like that would be foolish for me to not acknowledge that. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer that you don't have to choose. Um, And I've never chosen in my life. I went to school full-time and I worked full-time. I got married. I got like, I I did all the things, um, but I never felt like I was sacrificing one at the expense Mm. of like getting another. And so traveling to me with baby, everyone's like, Oh, your life's going to change. You're never going to take a vacation. And I'm like, bet, (laughs) bet. (laughs) So that is one thing that I'm really excited to be doing more of once Ava is here is to try to better integrate those things and just show her that she doesn't have to choose either. And that she's not limited by past. I mean, we live in a world where we can work anywhere and everywhere. Like we can trap, like we are so, so blessed to have all the opportunities that we have. And so that's something that I want to instill with her, but also I love traveling. I love going new places and getting to meet with people. And so that is something I'd love to do more of. I love that, Ashley. Okay. Now, finally, okay. what is next for your business in the coming months or the coming year, we're not going to look at five year or 10 year, but uh, what's next for your business? I love this question. Okay. So we will have some exciting announcements for our agency coming up here soon. So stay tuned on social media. Um, We've got some really cool things that are going to be coming up, but as far as what's next, um, I only see the agency continuing to grow and evolve um, into even more of a niche advertising agency. And then we will be scaling our, um, 
um, group coaching program to help service providers move outside and challenge a lot of those limiting beliefs that I mentioned earlier about not using, I would say agency model because agency just gets, it's like a scary word. I feel like for so many people, but um, our goal over the next year is to help more and more service providers be able to have and experience the same freedom and the flexibility and build an organization like we have. And so I'll be really excited to continue to grow that coaching program. So those are the two things on the radar for now. And then after that, like you said, who knows? <laughs> That's super exciting, Ashley. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I'm really excited to see when Miss Ava gets here and she's yeah. got great parents that are going to, uh, you know, show her the world. And I'm really excited for you um, because I, I just think this is the perfect timing of everything is just going super well in all areas of your life. So I'm really grateful you took time out of this time in your life to talk with us today. Thank you so much, Allie. It's been an honor to be able to chat and thank you again for having me. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.